Hi, I'm Mike Thunder, and you probably remember me from my recent hit single, She Left Me on Red. But if I'm not out there podcasting or giving people the shiny wizard for some random reason, I'm thinking of you. Which you can call me at 1 900 Thunder. That's 1 900 Thunder. Because you don't need to wonder when you call Mike Thunder. Hello, this is Mock at Mock's for Love.com. Men, if you looking for love and your name is Mock, then look no further. All you have to do is go to Mock's for Love.com. That's Mock's for Love. And ladies, if you looking for love from a man named Mike, then you look no further. All you have to do is go to MikesForLove.com. That's MikesForLove.com. Because at the end of the day, you can't spell love without M I K E at MikesBlue.com. Paid for by Mike World Order Incorporated. It's Tuesday. Are you thirsty? Time to kick off the main event week here. On Mike World Order's Bash at the Beach. Let's start the show. What's happening, everyone? This is Mike Thunder, and you're not. Welcome to the MW Arena on another edition of Mike World Order's Bash at the Beach. We're finally at the last week of the campaign. We're on the main event sessions. Three shows this week to look forward to. Today, tomorrow, and Friday. But of course, I wanted to start out this week's episode with a banger. Great kickoff, as I want to say. I saw this dude live at Crescendo Studios. Once again, another musician coming in for their first podcast. Honestly, if I can say one thing I've learned about the themes for this month, it's a lot of people's firsts on Mike World Order. So 
For those who have came on this month on a live episode, thank you for allowing me to give you a chance to expand your platform, expand your portfolios. Now, as always, we always like to compare our guests to something that has to do with pro wrestling. So it took me a while because I wanted to make sure I got the right person to match this guy. Based on conversations and social media, if I could compare our guest tonight to any pro wrestling faction, personality, I'd have to go with Ricky Steamboat. And for those who don't get the reference, what do both of these guys have in common? They are both legit good guys. Not just characters, just legit good people. When I met this guy, I could tell at first he was probably hesitant with coming on the show. But I think the more he saw what was showcased in the MW arena, I was very glad and very privileged to get him on the show finally when he agreed. Great husband, great father, great family man, just like Ricky Steamboat, hence the reference. And his music, we're going to get to check out some of it tonight with his permission, which you can follow him at his website and on Spotify and all major music platforms. When it came to just getting to know the guy, I, I hope this isn't the first nor the last time we get him back on the show. I'd love to get him back on many more. His music styles remind me of so many bands I listened to as a kid. You know, I can hear some of Radiohead. I can hear some of Filter. I can hear some of Everclear. I can hear some of Silverchair. Even with some of the topics he talked about in his music, because I love a song that tells a story. He reminds me also of a calmer, less intense Henry Rollins. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge mark for Henry Rollins. It's no surprise. So before we bring him on, I just want to play a clip. And this is actually the first song I heard watching him perform at Crescendo Studios, which you can go every Thursday night for Thursday Mike Live. Crescendo Studios, check out their website. They're located in Falls Church. Great area, great atmosphere, great vibes. Make sure you tip the bartender over at P2 Bar Events. So when I heard his performance, I was like already hooked because anything bass or drums, you already won me over. This guy was putting on just the bass performance before he even started. I had to, uh, I was like, I got to get him on the show. His music is amazing. So before we bring on the guest, we're going to play, with his permission, one of his performances he did at Crescendo, and it was the first song that I personally enjoy, and it's even on my saved music playlist. Here's Unprovoked, played live by our soon-to-be guest, Mr. Pike 720. Let's check it out. Fuck 
I thought that was pretty good. You know, I just wanted to play like a little clip. Plus, with my crappy editing skills, I was trying my best to do it similar to his music video because, as you'll notice when we uh, check it out tonight, I love the content of his, his uh, music videos and his video editing. It's amazing. It's very amazing. I love the repertoire he brings in his music. So, without further ado, making his grand debut on Mike World Order in the Mike World Order Arena. Here is the one and only Mr. Pipe 720. Hey, Mike. It's How's great it going to see there, you. brother? It's going great. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. Good for, oh, thanks a lot for all the kind words and the intro and everything. And, and being a fan, I really appreciate it. So I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you, man. Like I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, come on the show and, you know, talk music, talk anything. Because, of course, how we usually do it on the show, we, uh, we're we not your typical podcast. And I'm pretty sure you've been interviewed by many people where you probably get the same questions. Well, we're not like that here. We We do our regular questions. Then we play some music videos in between, talk about it, and of course do a little small segment that I call Dude Talk, where it's basically the most comical questions you'll ever be asked. But based on your posts that you've been doing on social media, I think you would find this very, very uh, humorous at its best. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... To our Mike World Order fans out there that are watching right now mm -hmm. worldwide, tell us in your own words, in your own way, who is Pipe 720? It's a good question. I've had to think about this a lot recently. Um, trying to define your sound is kind of tough. Um, I actually recently updated the tagline on all of my uh, social media profiles. Someone once told me after performing a song that it's just simple songs people want to hear. And uh, that kind of struck me and stuck with me. Um, you know, obviously I came up in the nineties. So all of the bands that you mentioned, like those are all, I'm fans of all of those bands. You can definitely hear it in my music. Um, but uh, you know, simple songs you want to hear. Um, I try and keep it simple. I try to keep it accessible. Um, I've been playing for close to 30 years now. Um, you know, I played I played in rock bands, like mostly hard rock bands in high school and college. And uh, I took a 15-year break to start a family, raise my kids. And um, really, this project spawned out of the COVID pandemic, where I, like a lot of other folks, I think I had a lot of time on my hands. And I realized that... Uh, you know, I need to do something productive. Like I spent, I spent a lot of the first part of the pandemic just, you know, binging shows, playing video games, and, and um, I, you know, with that time, I decided to start really investing into this project. Um, 
and kind of kicked it off. I released my first single in uh, on January 1st, 2021. And I made the commitment to release a single on the first of every month. Um, and I did that for uh, a year and a half. So I've got 16 singles released and two collabs released. Um, and now I'm working on my first EP, which I hope to have out this fall. Uh, but over the years, I've a lot of the songs that that you hear me play, I've written long ago. Um, Unprovoked is one that I actually wrote pretty recently. Um, I wrote that uh, 2021, I want to say spring 2021. Um, but a lot of the other songs, like half of the songs are kind of like from my archive that I have just written over the years and held on to. And the other half are things that I'm writing today based off of whatever inspires me. But I mean, I love heavy music, uh, but, I, but I also like other things. Like you mentioned Radiohead, I love Radiohead. I love soft ballads as well. Like I, I, I incorporate ukulele into, um, into my sets. And really I, I kind of want to have something for everyone. I want for my music to be accessible to everybody. Um, and I hope that everybody can enjoy it. I know that that, that won't necessarily happen, um, but I want it to be uh, hopefully universally relatable, uh, though not all of it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a guitarist, bassist, ukulele. Those are the three main instruments that I use. been singing for years. And um, at my live shows, you'll see me. Uh, I use drum loops and just I'll, I'll loop with a bass or the ukulele or the guitar to sort of put together, put together the live show. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. I, you know, I like to I like to have a lot of energy. I do this for me as much as I do for the listeners. You know, I want to have fun when I'm up there. I like emotional music. Um, I like I like like having that sort of raw visceral experience with the crowd. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what you could expect if you were to come to a show or listen to a track. I think I, lo I think I lost your audio. Oops, I accidentally muted myself just so everyone can hear you. That's <laughs> all right. No, nah, I was just saying, like, that literally just answered half of the questions I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said, I knew I liked you for a reason, Pike. You made my job easier. But, <laughs> but that's that's interesting. Um, and, and we go back to, like, talking about the different music. But um, what would you say out of all the bands that you listen to would be whether it's a rainy day, sunny day, what's like your main go-to that you want to have playing? And I think everyone has at least that one band, no matter what's going on, they got to play it for that one reason. What's that one band and one album that you can think of off the top of your head that's always been your go-to? Yeah, so, so the one band is easy. My goat, my greatest of all time is definitely Nine Inch Nails. Um, you'll hear that in my music. I know we're going to talk about, uh, I think you, you mentioned not enough. Um, that was a song that I definitely wrote where I was like, I want to be Trent Reznor for this song. Trent Reznor is the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. Um, so I'm, I've definitely been obsessed 
with with him as a composer, um, Nine Inch Nails as a group. Um, and you know, if you don't know, he so he came up as this industrial metal god, so, you know, and and almost like pioneered the genre and took it in a lot of new directions in the '90s. And he's since become a composer. So he actually wrote um, "Old Town Road" by Little Nas X, which he didn't technically write it, but he so he wrote the he produced a, a track called um, Ghosts, forget which which number it was, but um, basically they took that backing track and they built Old Town Road on top of it. So like all the guitars and the drums and everything that you hear in that song is um, Trent Reznor. And he actually won like a country music award for it. He did the scoring for Disney's Soul. Um, and he does right now. He does a lot of sort of movie productions, um, but just sort of watching him grow as an artist, and I, of course, like all of the old tracks by Nine Inch Nails, uh, you know, I, I love so much. As for the like the top album, that's that's really tough. Um, I really like. I mean, the Downward Spiral is a great album. Um, I oh, yeah. might have to. I might have to go with the Fragile which is like a double album. Um, but Pretty Hate Machine, like one of those three albums, um, you know, they're all amazing. And I've actually released a couple of Nine Inch Nails covers. Um, one was Into the Void, um, which is out on Spotify. You can find that. And the other is um, Something I Can Never Have. Um, and Into the Void was off of The Fragile and Something I Can Never Have is off of Pretty Hate Machine. And uh, he also, I also noticed that he did like composing for a lot of movies too, like uh, the Gone Girl soundtrack. Yeah. He, he did the tracks for that. And I thought that was amazing. Like, and it's funny, I, I would have never, uh, I would have never guessed you being a Trent Reznor type of guy. Um, only because like Pretty Hate Machine is a go to for me too. But there was just something about the downward spiral where, he took it to that next dimension of kind of like that dark industrial metal type, especially yeah. the music videos when he did Closer and March of the Pigs. Yeah, and it, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he really leaned into the harder sound. Um, Broken was like that, like that's an EP. Like that's another amazing, like if you just want to listen to like industrial metal, like the metal, the harder side of it, Broken's great. But like downward spiral is just amazing. Um, and I like I, I, I don't know if you saw, but I also released a filter cover. Um yes, and, and nice shot. Yeah, yeah. So so Richard Patrick worked with Richard Patrick is the lead singer of Filter. Um I released the cover, Hey Man, Nice Shot. And they used to work together. So Richard Patrick was with Nine Inch Nails, like he on the touring for Pretty Hate Machine and um and also for broken and he was the one that really convinced trent reznor to lean into the harder like the more metal sound um so uh and then of course they they split richard patrick went off and did his own things i don't know i don't know if they're on terribly good terms but those are definitely two like big uh role models for me um even though i don't do a ton of metal 
Um, in terms of like their artistic approach, I really, I really like the way they approach their sound. Oh yeah, I, def I definitely agree. And I feel like when it came to like the nineties and the late eighties, once that transition of like rock to metal and industrial metal to new metal, I felt like that's when we really felt as musicians, music fans, not saying this in a bad way, but I'd say spoiled if you think of the collection of music that we had, the variety that was given to us, especially, like I said, once again, based off of, you know, whether it's a movie soundtrack or what we saw on MTV on Headbangers Ball, like, for me, I'd say, dang, it's crazy you mentioned Trent Reznor, and then you mentioned Filter, because uh, I remember when I heard the, uh, the Hey Man Nice Shot cover, the first thing that popped in my head was, I wonder if they can do Jurassic too while I had my headphones on. Because that's a, that's another favorite of mine. Just But that was because of the Crow 2 City of Angels. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like that was to me, and this is not being biased, I felt like the Crow 2 was probably the best alternative albums from that time frame. Because it was a who's who that was on that album. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember the Crow One soundtrack. I don't know that I ever heard the Crow Two, but it sounds pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean, so Crow One pretty much had like Nine Inch Nails, Rollins Band, um, what's that one? Helmet. Uh, but Crow Two, it was like Filter, Iggy Pop, White Zombie, Hole. Like there was you know, PJ Harvey, so many uh, different bands that were on there. Uh, and I think that's what kind of kickstarted me wanting to listen to Alternative more. Because before that movie, I think the only thing Alternative I was really listening to was um, Silver Chair, Smashing Pumpkins. And that's when I started discovering Trent Reznor from like watching episodes of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's hard to tell. You mentioned like we were spoiled by so much great music from that era. Um, it, and I mean, obviously, I agree. I'm biased. Like I came up in that era. And um, yeah, I mean, the music was so good. Like, I really have a, a hard time keeping up with a, a lot of the music these days, quite frankly, like, I, you know, I'll, I'll check out the new things. And but I always end up going back to sort of that time period and I think maybe that's just human nature um, is that like you you kind of get locked into the era of music that you come up in and it was just it was so exciting it like rock music was just so big you had all of these great uh, alternative acts and you know I started learning guitar at that time and it was just such an exciting thing to do um, and yeah, I remember like before the 90s, I, I used to listen to, I used to really like Michael Jackson. I used to listen to like a lot of top 40 type music. And then like I started, I started playing guitar and I kind of just like leaned into all of that alternative rock explosion in the 90s. Nice, nice. And it's funny you, uh, you mentioned Michael Jackson. Um, not sure if you've listened to any of it. But what are your thoughts on um, the boom that's been going on the past few years that is uh, Vaporwave? 
Um, so I, I'm not too familiar with it, but I've heard that like Michael Jackson is kind of like the king of vaporwave. Um, yeah. A, so, lot of their, a lot of vaporwave's music based off of Michael Jackson's style of music. So, yeah, like I, I mean, are we talking more like, like the weekend? Like when I listen, when I hear the weekend, I'm like, I get excited for that for for him. Like I like I like that music. Is that kind of the genre that you're looking at? Um, um so for like vaporwave, I was thinking more of uh, musicians like uh, you probably haven't heard of them. You know, guys mm-hmm. like Saint Pepsi, Luxury Elite. Ryan Celsius, it's 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 so many bands like Windows ninety five, um, what other bands? Haircuts for Men. It's it's you got to check it out. You you'll love it if okay. you like industrial music and all that. Matter of fact, when we play the ending of the show, don't exit out. I want you to listen to the ending because we always play a vaporwave track at the end of the episode. It's our closing song that we play and uh and it's based off of a michael jackson track and uh i don't know i i feel like you know so many people have done their own style of vaporwave like lo-fi music and it's it's amazing windows 96 thank thank you j-rod my executive producer windows 96 i thought it was 95 but it's all based off of these different genres of, I mean, some would jokingly say elevator music. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever get a chance, check out this one person on uh, YouTube called Split Radio. She does all these like music videos and she'll use like the commercials from the 80s and the 90s. If you ever wow. get a chance, check out this one playlist called Midnight Television you will love it because it's literally giving you a trip to nostalgia, especially the opening track is the HBO theme song from the eighties. Wow. I remember that so well. Yeah. I will have to take a look at it like the, and every now and again, those old commercials will pop up and it's crazy because you haven't seen them in decades, right? Like you don't see reruns of commercials. Like you see reruns of shows, you see like the movies you used to see, you hear the songs, but then a commercial will pop up and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. And it's just, it is, it is quite a trip sometimes because like a lot of these commercials, you when they were out, you saw them like tens, maybe even hundreds of times. And then they just went away forever. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Oh yeah, because I mean, it's, it's so crazy how a lot of Vaporwave tracks still play like old school commercials to go with it. And it's it's so hilarious. Like my girlfriend picks on me for it because she's like, "This is old people commercials," and I'm like, "You're two years older than me." <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer to say, but uh, <laughs> oops. But um, we're gonna go ahead and uh, play some music videos. So I uh, I literally listened to every single song you had. And I also wanted to find the music videos for every single song that was uh, that I was listening to, and I wanted to just pick three, and pick the three that you know stood out. So I'm pretty much each track I'm gonna play. I want to learn the backstory about it, 
And uh, you mentioned basically an, an ode to Trent Reznor. Um, what's the backstory on our first track we're playing tonight? Not enough. Yeah. So, so musically, it's definitely like I wanted to do something like Nine Inch Nails, and it took me years, I think, to actually get the skills to sort of be even close to anything that he, that he could produce. So not enough. It started with a bass riff and the whole thing is built around a slap bass riff. It's a bass loop. And, you know, it was the winter of 2021 and I'm just going around the house playing this, this, this bass riff constantly. I'm like, this is, I don't know what, why I was just like hooked on it. And I just, and I thought that I could build something really, really cool around just this riff. Um, and lyrically, I put together the lyrics in a day and I, I remember it was like a really cold, it was probably like a January or February day. I want to say it was like maybe a few weeks after uh, the holidays and you kind of get that sort of dreary part of the year where there's like the holidays are over and it's just like the cold part of winter um, and I was just exhausted. I was just I was just in a bad place. I was in a really bad place, and the lyrics kind of just flowed out of flowed out of me. Um, and I used to say that the song was about consumption, you know, not enough. Um, but the more I think about it, I feel like it's a lot about fulfillment. And I don't know. I was just in a place where, you know, I've worked very hard in my life, and. I feel like I've spent uh, a, the better part of my life looking forward to something, you know, grinding as a goal. I am a goal-oriented person, so so getting towards something, and then you get that goal, and then you're like, all right, well, I did that, and maybe you don't celebrate enough, and then you're like, what's next? And then you're like, what's next? And then what's next? And then it's just it just started feeling like this mantra in my head: it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And I think that line gets repeated easily over a hundred times, like th throughout the tracks on the whole song. Um, maybe it's 90. I don't know, I counted it once, it's a lot. Um, so, you know, the lyrically, like that's that was my feeling, was just feeling this lack of fulfillment constantly and being frustrated with that lack of fulfillment. And you know, really, a lot of my songs, the way I write them lyrically, they're kind of um, maybe cynical or sarcastic. Um, and I kind of was was trying to, for myself, say, you know, it is enough. Like, the, the you know, all of these things that you're grinding towards, that, you, you know, you're working for, that, you know, you think you're going to get this thing and your life is going to be better and you're going to be happy and you're going to get this next thing and your life is going to be even happier and better. Um, really, you need to find fulfillment on your own and perhaps you don't need all of these things. Um, and there's little bits in there about like consumption and, you know, I know that like we're, we're a little bit about sort of like environmentalism and those sorts of things and just not just consumption in terms of environmentalism but consumption also in terms of what you're putting into your body what you're putting into your mind um you know the technology that you're consuming so um you know i know i know 
one of the lines in the song is you're so alone get off your phone um was one of the lines that i really liked because it just felt like especially during this time covid it's cold we're constantly on all, all of our devices um so it was written as a stream of consciousness so the way it was layered um so i just had the bass loop is throughout the drum loops are throughout there might be a couple of breaks but mostly the bass and drums are solid the way all the way through and then i just started layering synths on top of it um i have a few melodic lines that i add in there and i just found i think this the synths that fit the best um i've got a few like guitar lines there's some screaming towards the end it's kind of a long song um but i like the video as well and I'm, I'm actually really glad that you chose this song because i feel like it it's one of the least popular out of my catalog like both when i perform it and you know just the numbers don't lie right um so so yeah i'm i'm glad you 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 picked it out and i it's good that i have a chance to explain it because i think artistically it's one of it has the most depth of any of the songs that I've released. It's something I'm very proud of. It also like, it does not follow the sort of like the first chorus, first chorus, bridge chorus structure. Like it's not, it's, I mean, you could classify it as an experimental track that, you know, there's one verse, it's very long. It's a lot of words. And then the verse gets repeated. You could say that there's a chorus, but it's really just, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Um, and that was really, I mean, that was really how I felt in that moment. Um, and I'm happy to say I don't feel that way. Maybe that's like, like building this thing has sort of helped me snap out of it and like live my life more in the present and not be so like seeking the next thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you chose it. I, I liked how it turned out. Oh yeah, I, I did too, because the one thing, like I said, I love a good music video that tells a story. And in this day and age where we barely see music videos, and when we do, they're like two minutes long, so you can easily miss the whole backstage of the story. Because these days, I feel like everyone's doing the same thing. There's no creativity these days in terms of storytelling in a music video. Um, and when I listened to Not Enough, I felt like I wanted to play this song first just so everyone can get that feel of it. And um, and it's funny you mentioned, you know, the whole pandemic and everything. I felt like many people, especially past guests on the show, the first thing they mentioned when it came to what got them stepping it up a notch, the pandemic. The pandemic is what pretty much made, I think, everyone uh work their hardest to get next level because we all had that free time to do it so uh, i'm glad to say that you were one of many as well that were able to progress and uh trying to reach that next level during the pandemic and uh for that i can uh i have high respect for you for that you know thanks so yeah no problem man. <laughs> so without further ado we're going to go ahead and play our first of three music videos on Mike World Order. This one is Not Enough by Pipe 720. It's not enough. 
Hey, that was pretty good. It gets better each time. But uh, one thing that uh, I saw last time that I wanted to point out again, watching it for probably the third time, was that plant-based protein that was in the trash can? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was Orgain. So maybe we need to get a sponsorship. Yeah, because I, I remember using that exact same brand before when I was uh, doing the keto diet. Things torture. <laughs> that's that's way too much fiber than I needed. But no, I that was that was a good music video once again watching it. And um now that you pointed out Trent Reznor, I can see that you were channeling that big time. Like that was that was that was some good stuff, bro. Real good stuff. Thanks. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Um yeah, it is it took me years, like, I was always a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, but it took me years to get the skills to do something like that. Um, and really that's, I mean, that's how I spent my pandemic is is figuring that out. Um, so hopefully someday he'll hear it or, or one of the covers that I've done. <laughs> hey, it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we're going to go ahead with song number two. Now, song number two is a bit longer. It's probably the longest set of three that I picked, but I also liked it because, um, one, uh, I think you lost your mind because you were in the snow doing this music video. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, me and snow don't mix well after six years living here. But yeah. um, did you know? Yeah. What, what would you say is the... Uh, the backstory behind that music video. Yeah, so song, yeah, so did you know is a song that I wrote. I want to say 2004. So that's one of the songs that came from the archives um, at a time when all I had was an acoustic guitar, and um, it's a song I wrote for my wife. Um, and it's I, I guess it's funny because this song was kind of spawned from from a, a few different ways and one of them was uh i remember when we started dating i really wasn't um i wasn't doing much music um i was i was working um i had just graduated college student loan debt um you know just trying to make ends meet not making a ton of money like we didn't even have a car for the first two years um we were married and I used to play my songs and like, Hey, do you like, you know, she, I knew that she liked how I sing. She's also a musician. She's actually on some of my, my tracks and you'll see her pop up in social media every now and again. And I'm like, Hey, do you like my original songs? And she's like, no, no, I hate those songs. And I'm like, why, why do you hate them? She's like, cause you wrote them about all these other women um, from the past. And so I was like, all right, I think that's fair. Um, you know, definitely, I, I love my wife very much. So this is one of the songs that I set out to set to to write to sort of fill that gap. And there's three of them, and I think they might be three of my best songs um, because uh, obviously they're inspired by the love of my life. Um, and the song is written so so she is from France. We met when she was an au pair over here. And we had to do um, like the immigration. We had to do um, a marriage visa, 
USCIS green cards, like, and I did like a lot of that paperwork and I've, you know, I've, I've been down that path. This was written at a time when she had to go back to her country because her visa had expired. And um, we were still waiting for the green card to come through. A lot of people assume that um, for immigration, you get married and then it's just like automatic. Here's your, citizen, your, here's your citizenship. But it doesn't work that way. It takes at least five years, sometimes up to 10 years. Um, but in this case, we had a period of probably six months where we had to be apart. Um, and, and I wrote this song during that time. Um, and I performed it constantly while she was away. Um, I shouldn't say performed it. I, you know, I rehearsed it. I played it in my bedroom and, um, yeah, so it's really just about our relationship. Um, it's a song about, you know, missing someone. It's a song about, um, you know, the connection that we had across that distance and, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. As for the video, um, I shot the video in, in the winter. Um, and I knew that I wanted a snowstorm, right? Like I knew that I wanted real snow for this particular video. And I knew that I wanted to be incredibly uncomfortable for the video. Um, so it was actually, I guess it was the end of 2021. Um, and uh, I want to say, yeah, I, so I, I was just recovering from uh, Omicron. So I don't know if you remember the Omicron wave. I had COVID and it finally, I finally got the snow, this big snowstorm. And the way it snows around here, sometimes you get a lot of snow and sometimes you get nothing at all. So I was like, this is my moment. I was still pretty sick. I was miserable, but it, I think it actually helped the video because um, I was miserable shooting it, but also I wanted to convey that it's a, it is a song about struggle because my now wife is away from me and you know, it's, it's a happy song. It's a, it's, I'm professing my love for somebody, uh, but I can't have her at least not in that moment. Um, and so in the video there's, you know, I'm sick, there's the snow, and I'm kind of just searching around. I'm alone. Um, and I wanted it to sort of convey how I felt with the uh, when I wrote the song, which is now, what, 18 years ago, something like that. I think you're still muted. <laughs> twice uh, but um no I, I i i like that i i like how the, the romantic backstory behind it it makes a lot of sense if anything it sounds like something you'd hear in a movie you know thanks yeah i i love it i think it's a great song um and it is my wife's favorite song so I think, uh, are you still muted? I, I'm not hearing anything. Dang it, why does it keep muting me? That's so weird. But um, yeah, I think StreamYard don't like me. But uh, 
<laughs> no, I'm saying it, it sounds like something you would hear in a movie. And, you know, as you broke down about the whole process of, you know, marriage and all that, um, these days, because everyone is consumed with watching reality TV shows, I like watching them just to poke fun of them. People figure with shows like 90 Day Fiance, it's supposed to happen just like that. And that's not always the case. So it, it does make sense how you brought that to light. And, uh, you know, we appreciate that fun fact about how you met your wife and all that. So once again, thanks for uh, giving us that, per, you know, to know that layer about yourself. We, we appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. All righty. So we're going to go ahead with song number two. Did You Know by Pipe 720 here on Mike World Order. Oh my God.
some original songs. Permission to use your track on Valentine's Day next year. <laughs> sure, go for it. Yeah, no, man, that once again, that, like I said, storytelling, man, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Thank you so beautiful. much. I, I can tell you put a lot of heart in that track, too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really important to me. Um, and it's the video, too. It's fun. I have, it's been a while since I've seen these. Um, so it's, it's interesting to think about like where I was and what I was thinking. Um, and a lot of like, what's interesting is a lot of the footage, like that intro shot. Um, I wasn't planning on including that. Like I'm sitting there basically cursing to myself about how cold it is outside. <laughs> and then later I was like, this would be a kind of cool intro. And I had some of the, the concert footage, like you get some of the best footage you get when it's like not part of the intended shot um so anyways yeah it's 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 fun to watch again oh no i can i can i can i can definitely dig it for sure and um <laughs> i i can tell by how your facial reaction was in the snow man you look like you were suffering out there you're like didn't you know it's cold as hell i'm like oh. <laughs> it, was, well yeah, it was yeah it was 
It was awful. Um, it, and I mean, it's not like fake movie snow. This is all wet snow, like all over me. It, it was snowing. It was snowing hard, like while I was filming. So um, I'm, you know, wandering around the woods with a camera trying to get all of these shots. Um, but I was lucky to do it. And I did it really fast, too. Like I like I got it all done really quick did a handful of sync takes and uh, yeah, and that, that was it. And really like the snow, I think makes it like, I think it's the way it was, was just so beautiful. It was still falling. It hadn't melted at all. Um, so I, it definitely, I got what, what I wanted. That's, that's what's up, man. I'm gosh, I had to put that on my favorites list. Jeez. Maybe so much pipe 720 for that track. Now, Thanks. <laughs> The grand finale, and I purposely picked this one as the last song because it's my favorite because it's also the first track that uh, I heard of you live. So tell us the backstory behind Unprovoked. Yeah, so Unprovoked, it came about kind of similar to how Not Enough came about. Actually, like Unprovoked I was, I had just started the project in early 2021 and um, I was just trying to come up with social media content. And I used to do these like sort of like metalish, punkish riffs when I was just bored and I'm just like screwing around. And so I did, so I recorded one of these on a video and I was just, and it was like mostly improvised in the moment to be quite honest. And that video is still out there somewhere. I could probably share it with you. But that that riff became the riff to Unprovoked. And, you know, I decided I wanted to do like a hardcore punk song. I wanted it to be short. I wanted it to be I wanted it to be two minutes specifically. I wanted it to be fast and I wanted it to be angry um, and kind of like we didn't talk about it. But uh, a big influence for me recently actually has been a band called Rise Against. Um, so that was kind of like who I was trying to channel with this song. I don't know if I quite did it. I don't know if you've, you've listened much to Rise Against, but um, I was going for, for that sort of sound. Um, so, so yeah, like the, the, I, I knew at the time I wanted to do something angry, loud, fast. Um, but at the time, unlike Not Enough, I wasn't really in a bad spot. Um, emotionally, like I was actually pretty happy, like things were going well for me it, it, at that time. So um, I needed to find something, some material. So really what I did is like I picked, I picked, I picked one specific event that was occurring like in global politics. And, you know, I don't know, we don't want to get into politics here, but basically I wrote it about uh, one of those events. So like the lyrics, aren't really about me. They're not about anyone that I know. Um, they're written specifically about this, this political event that just, that just had me really upset. And I kind of just dove in and wrote the lyrics that way. Um, there's kind of like a call and response to the lyrics. There's like, I would say multiple entities speaking and I would say none of those entities are me. Uh, if I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but it does. yeah, it, and with all of my songs, I want to take them up a level um, so that, you know, when you're when you're listening, like you can interpret them however that you want. You, you know, it can mean whatever it means to you. And you like you mentioned that 
it's great for wrestling. And I had never thought about that. But then when you listen to it, I'm like, yeah, that actually is an awesome like wrestling song. Um, it has a lot of the imagery with professional wrestling. So, uh, and then the video, yeah, like the, the video, there's like this, this weird effect in the beginning where like the hood comes off of my head. Um, and I had like actually rigged up some dental floss and some safety pins. And my wife is like yanking the, the pin. Um, you'll see it. I don't know if it, it works. It looks kind of cool. Um, and yeah, I was just walking around Fairfax, um, you know, just doing some of those, like, walk I, I like a lot of sync shots where I'm walking. I, I you tried to do stationary sync shots, like sync shots means like synchronization with the music, like when you're shooting a music video. Um, I did a lot of those threw in a lot of effects. Oh, and I found some really good stock footage um from it's at rodney.prod so r-o-d-n-a-e dot p-r-o-d um and he's credited in the video but i found that footage and i was like this is just awesome like i just and so much stock footage you find doesn't have an arc right most stock footage you find like you saw some of that in did you know it's kind of just flat like it's just a scene and there's no you can't really add in any sort of story, but this footage itself, I felt like I love the actor, the actors that were in it. And I love that I was able to take the footage and sort of string it together into an actual story where um, it really, um, I think it really brings out the essence of the song. And, it, and I think it, it all came together very well. So, and, and, Really, I'm, I, I've got to thank you for your enthusiasm for it. So, um, you know, it's made me like it more as well. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, just just hearing the opening riff with the, uh, the bass, the first thing that came to mind was, okay, this should have been music to hype up WCW's Cruiserweight division because it's high-impact, fast-paced, and it just gets you going. I will admit whenever the song is playing i am air playing a bass where i'm like i'll admit that great i love it oh yeah even when i was playing the clip from you at crescendo i literally had to take my video off from the background because otherwise you would have seen me in the background because i was getting into it every time unprovoked is played i get into it and uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, play that last few music video. And then we're going to take a quick intermission before we go into our favorite segment, Dude Talk. But here it is, the third of three songs, my personal favorite, by Pipe 720, Unprovoked.
I'm telling you, I got amped up again from it. And maybe it might be from the espresso from the Peruvian cafe earlier, but yeah, that was oh my gosh. I love that music video. It's awesome. I'm glad you love it. Oh yeah. By the way, was that Main Street you were on when you were doing the uh the actual yeah. uh sinking? Yeah, yeah, it's I I think I mean I I'm horrible with street names to be honest. But it's it's downtown Fairfax. Like, I think you've got the. It's kind of close to the the old courthouse there, and um, yeah, I, I actually have a handful of shots. It's so such a short song. I didn't get to use all of them, but yeah, it's it's right there. Huh? Yeah, because it, it just looked too familiar. I was like, that looked like Main Street. Yeah, I I I knew. So I wanted I wanted it to be nighttime. But I also wanted some place that was lit up with street lights because for the movie filters that I wanted to use, I knew I wanted like that sort of like grainy contrasted lighting. Because um, if you if you go somewhere where it's too dark, it's just like too dark and it's not interesting. Um, but I think I got that, and yeah, it was it was fun. Every now and again, when I'm shooting a video, I like. I, People probably see me wandering around with a camera, lip syncing to a song, and hopefully they know what's going on, but maybe they don't. I mean, you, you never know. I mean, I, I've learned living in Northern Virginia, most people are kind of to themselves on their own thing, so they probably didn't pay you no attention. I mean, or they probably just thought, okay, maybe he's doing a video chat with people. You never know these days. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Usually you get about two to three seconds of attention and they quickly figure out like, oh, he's just doing a like social media or like a video or something, and then they go on about their business. So I used to be like really hesitant about it. Um, but I'm actually getting ready to shoot some videos in populated spaces in costume. And that's gonna be a, a bit of a trip. I'm not I hope that it's going to go well, but it's going to be a little nuts. I look forward to seeing this. <laughs> it's it's wild. Like that, yeah. That I'm been working on some videos, and they're going to be they're going to be pretty insane. I mean, I I could see it based on your your comedy and everything outside of your music. <laughs> I personally look forward to seeing it. And uh, for those who haven't yet, follow Pipe720 on all social media so you can see the comedy side of him as well, too, as well as his music side. I still can't get over the whole uh, flip-flop on the forehead pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I've been comedy something I've been leaning into a little bit more. I've always loved comedy as a fan. Like I've always loved stand-up comedy. I never considered myself a really funny person. My wife is funny. Um, she has a, a really good sense of humor. So she helps me like we've done, you should see, we've done a few videos, educational videos that I call them Professor Pipe. I haven't done one in a while. Um, but we have a little skit like before the video and I've done three of them so far. I don't do them too often because they, they're, they're actually like a lot of work um, to put it together. 
but definitely check out Professor Pipe um, it on, I mean, it's, I think it's on YouTube and uh, Instagram and like TikTok and like all the social media channels. <laughs> Professor Pipe, that's, that's too hilarious. I mean, I, I, I need to check it out just for the comedy of it. But um, so after seeing all the music videos, I hope the fans enjoyed it that are watching. We're going to take a quick intermission before we go on with Dude Talk. And because it's a wrestling-themed show, we got to show some wrestling, of course. So we're going to do a highlight video from 2008, Kobe World Hall in Japan. Pipe 720, I know you're not a big fan of Japanese wrestling, but after watching this match, who knows? I might change your mind. Generation rivals, bitter enemies, former tag champs together. We get to see in the main event a decision match for the Open the Dream Gate Championship in Dragon Gate Pro Wrestling. It's BB Hulk versus the now signed in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Shingo Takagi. And then after that, we're going to go on and do what we like to call a little dude talk segment.
I'm not sure it looped again, but once again, StreamYard does not like me. <laughs> that was a wild match. That was pretty I know, intense. Right? And it's, it's funny. These are two wrestlers that not only were they started at the same time, they were best friends, tag champions. And I guess when it comes to going for the main titles, it's it's all about number one and hard hitting match, hard hitting yeah. match. And that's that Japanese style. There's <laughs> you know yeah. it's real if you see bruises on them afterwards. And that's the yeah, same I, with women's I was seeing a lot of contact. It looked it looked nuts. Like literally, you don't see that in WWE anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So now we got our next segment. Do talk whether it's the fans or me. We ask you a bunch of random questions. Some comedic, some random. It all depends on how you answer it. So I'm going to go ahead and start off since it seemed like the group chat, I guess they're just more intrigued by watching than wanting to intervene. That's cool, too. So I'd have to go with first random question. First concert you went to. So the, it's easy. Uh, first concert was Lollapalooza 1994. Um, the headliners were the Smashing Pumpkins and the Beastie Boys. Green Day opened that show because they were not really that famous yet, but Basket Case was like just blowing up and we got there too late. Um, I fortunately got a chance to see Green Day at least once. I want to say, a couple, I think just once they played at HF Festival a few years later. Um, the first band I saw at that concert was L7, which is like an uh, all female punk act and they they blew me away like that was like l7 was like my first actual rock concert like the first act of that day um but yeah that was that was so much fun is it charles i think charlestown races in west virginia is where it was Ooh. okay right near the casino well i don't think the casino was was there a casino there i don't think there was a casino i think it was just a racetrack um i mean that's just that's just my guess. I've only been up here six years, Pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been in the area pretty much my whole – well, I grew up in Maryland, um, but lived in the vicinity of D.C. for, for my whole life. Uh, that's crazy. And it's, it's funny you mentioned L7. L7, their music has been influenced a lot in pro wrestling, too. Um, the late Brian Pillman used to use their theme song everywhere he went. And if he couldn't use that theme song, they had to accommodate and make a modern version as well, too. So, oh, yeah. And I think they were on The Crow 1 or 2, one of their songs, if I remember yeah. correctly. I think L7 was. And gosh, they were such an underrated band. That and uh, Drain STH. There were another one that were very underrated, overlook, all female alternative band. Okay, not in '94. It was just a racetrack then. Okay, well, see, I didn't know. <laughs> our our fellow fan, Nameless Goulette's actually from West Virginia. 
All righty. Next question. Weirdest food you ever ate? The weirdest food? Um, that's tough. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but that we ate at a place in Adams Morgan. I work. I lived in work. I worked in Adams Morgan for a little bit, and I lived in um, Petworth. Uh, this was this was around the time I wrote that song. Actually, this was when I wrote that song uh, for my wife. What was it? Um, you so you have like the spongy bread, and you eat it off of like a plate. Um, Ethiopian, I think it's Ethiopian food, and. I don't know what it was about this restaurant. My, like my friend convinced me to go and he, he loved it. And I was just like, I just, I, I think my taste buds have since evolved from that. So like, I, I probably, I might actually enjoy it now, but at the time, I think early twenties, I was just not into it. I mean, I get it at that age. We're still like, set in our ways. I think it's once we get older, we, our taste buds for some reason mature and we start eating foods that we're game to try. Whereas before it's like, oh, nah, man. Nah. Yeah. That's nah. an interesting question. I haven't, I haven't ever, I haven't really thought about it too much. Yeah. See, that's why I said we're not your typical podcast that asks questions. <laughs> we, we, we ask questions that, you know, most places wouldn't ask, which, Learnings to my next one. Most embarrassing thing you did during a performance. Yeah, so I don't know if this is an embarrassing thing that I did. I've kind of been holding on to this one for a while. It came up in one of my social media posts um, where I mentioned some like some of the horror stories that I had. Um but since you have a listener from West Virginia, when I was when I was in college, I played a band and we were actually hired to play out at West Virginia University. And um, my friend got me out there and like I think I got paid for that show more than anything I'd ever been paid for for music. Um, it was a few hundred bucks, which was like a lot, a ton for me. The, the party was packed like there was. There were a lot of people there. I like I, I don't know the count, but probably a few hundred, which for us was a lot. So we showed up at 630 and we started drinking at 630 and we didn't play until probably 1030 or so. So when we started playing, like the whole band was plastered um, and we just couldn't hold it together, except for our drummer. Our drummer was a little older and he like he just kept going. The rest of us, you know, I, I basically watched the whole performance fall apart. Um, worst performance experience of my entire life, um, but a huge lesson, like just a great lesson to learn. Um, you know, now I, you know, obviously I'm not like, I don't drink anymore actually. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna have that or any mind altering substances or anything. Uh, before I go on stage, uh, certainly. And um, also, I'm just going to make sure that I rehearse a lot because I've had I've had a hand in my youth. I had a handful of pretty bad performances. 
um, for one circumstance or another. And that really kind of just hardens you. And it's like you become battle tested and you're like, all right, you start looking out for these sorts of things. So that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty tough. There might be some others if I really think about it, but I can't right now. I mean, I, I guess that goes, that works to one that stands out the most. All righty. Worst video game you ever played. Worst video game. Oh. So that's hard. Like, um, there was like, so I re I'm really into like Mega Man games. I don't know if you've ever played them, like the main series, it's like this little blue guy that runs around and shoots robots. Um, I grew up on them and I love them. They came, but they had these spinoff games that are pretty awful. And they have one that is like, a, I think it's a racing game. And that one was just really bad. Um, I think, you know, you don't remember the, the really bad ones, but I do know that that one was really bad. Um, so, yeah. Mm, Mega Man. And it's funny, I, I, I remember Mega Man, but I never played it because uh, my first gaming console was a Sega. Even though my sisters, they had like the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. And I was like, I wanted one. And they're like, you're too young. So I was pretty much more Sega than Nintendo 64, than PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, more of that era. But, um, and it's funny because Mega Man is so influenced in, once again, pro wrestling because of guys like Kenny Omega and TJ Perkins who, you know, pretty much came out. The, I know uh, the references in their wrestling moves are based off of Mega Man and different video games. So it's, it's kind of it's crazy how video games and, and metal can uh, intertwine with pro wrestling. It's, it's so weird. It's, it's funny how pop culture kind of intertwines like that. Yeah, yeah, it, and just just to be clear, like I love Mega Man. It was just that one racing game, so I was actually just playing it. I think a couple days ago. Um, yeah, but that that is interesting how wrestling can be kind of a melting pot of pop culture. It is. I mean, even all the way down to working out at the gym. Because one of the main workouts that's uh, used in the gym was invented by a pro wrestler. The bench press. Wow. So that so that was a wrestling move? No, the bench press was made by a wrestler. Oh, he invented cool. that. Yeah, George yeah. Hackett Smith, the, uh, the first world heavyweight champion in pro wrestling. He invented the hack squat. And the bench press. Wow. Yeah, those are pretty much staples for weightlifting now. Bingo. <laughs> it's everywhere, Pipe 720. It's everywhere. And we also got a question from one of the fans. J-Rod Numero Uno wanted to know this question is for Pipe. Did you ever been heckled by rude fans, and how did you handle it? Um... Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know that I've been, I know I've been booed before. Um, I don't know that I've been heckled to where it's, you know, kind of like what you would see 
at a comedy show. Like, like I said, I, I like stand-up comedy a lot, so I see some of that. I think when you're a musician, you don't really, like, nobody's really expecting a response. One thing I think that's good about being a performer, and particularly if you're really well rehearsed, is you just, you play your music. You just play through it. Um, you know, you know not everybody's going to like it. Some people aren't going to understand it. Um, but you you always do your best. You make sure I, I for every performance, I try to make sure that I'm happy with it first. Um, and if and hopefully if I'm happy with it, the audience will be happy with it as well. But sometimes they're not. And that doesn't happen so much as much as it used to when I was younger and less experienced and you know less less talented. But yeah, I've definitely been booed. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think the equi the equivalent these days is like internet trolls. Um, you get a lot of uh, nasty comments on social media sometimes. And the way I actually made a video about how I respond to trolls. And usually what I do is, is like they say like, oh, this is horrible. I try to just have a positive response and say, I'm sorry you don't like it. I actually have other songs of different sounds, and I'll sort of share that. Um, I don't ever report or block anybody. Um, even though you get some nasty comments, um, I kind of just feel like those, sometimes those people are, maybe they're just in a bad place. And um, for me, I just, you just don't ever take anything personally. And what's funny about getting trolled on social media is it always seems to be like the content that performs very well is when you get those trolls, um, which is, that's, I mean, that's interesting, but the good thing about it is that when you start getting those nasty comments, it's actually because your material is doing well on the platform. The algorithm is pushing it to people who perhaps don't want to see it. And that's when you get some of those negative comments. Um, but yeah, I mean, just have thick skin, keep, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You've rehearsed it. You, you, you know, you don't, you don't let it upset you. And I think also if you're going to be a performer or if you're going to get on social media, if you're going to get on stage, you need to expect that that probably will happen at some point and just be ready for it. Makes good sense. Make good sense. I mean, and, and we have like a system like that on the show too. Because a lot of people, when it comes to situations like that, they say, well, you know, it is what it is, which we disagree. We cancel it out. So, you know, usually when it comes to situations like that and people feel kind of down about it, you know, we basically reverse it on the show and be like, it is what it is. Canceled. And we say <laughs> that every time on the show. Anytime someone says it is what it is, someone or they have to say it afterwards, cancel, because that's how we do it. Yeah. You know, you have to cancel out the negativity. And, and that, that's a really good question, J-Ron, uh, asking that. So appreciate yeah, that. It's, as it's, it's, a good, it's a good point, like, I, because I haven't been in a situation, I've never been in a situation where it's a live experience and someone might be disrupting the show for everybody else. So I haven't done that. And that seems like that's the right thing to do. If if someone's ruining the experience for everybody else, then yeah, they, they probably got to go. I mean, 
Got to cancel it out, brother. It is what it is. Cancel. love it love it love it all right so is there any other questions anyone in the group chat i'm all out i mean i was going to go with like three or four and just be random with it but uh looks like all of the questions are done so pipe 720 First off, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the show. How can our MWO viewers find you on social media? So I try to keep it easy, and I've got it on my shirt right here. It's PYPE720, and it's the same handle everywhere. So I'm on Instagram the most, so find me there. I'm also on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. Um I have a Facebook page. I'm not on Facebook too much, but if you're on there, I do post my content. I'm on YouTube. Um, and then all the tracks are on streaming services. So if you're on Spotify, if you have Apple Music, Amazon Music, Deezer, like just a ton of other streaming services, um, I should be easy to find. But if you ever have trouble, you can always just type this into Google and you, you'll get a wall of my content. Um, yeah. So... That being said, um, is there by any chance for future episodes, can we have you back on just to update us with any upcoming gigs or anything that you want to promote? Yeah, I think so. This has been a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, I I, I do want to say, like, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I, I was really nervous about doing my first podcast, but Mike, I know that you're a great guy. I've gotten to know you a little bit better and I've listened to your show too. Um, you've been doing this for a long time and the skill really shows like it's not easy to interview or to like have engaging discussions and podcasts. And I think you figured it out. So I felt comfortable coming on here. It's been a really good experience to share everything. And I'll, yeah, I'll definitely come back. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one thing I try to do whenever I have a guest on the show, I don't try to focus it on just, you know, your typical interview like show. It's just like as if we're doing just regular conversation, you know, whether we're at Crescendo or I don't know, at a, at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, you want to have people comfortable on the show and you want to have a good time doing it. And uh Plus, I also like to overhype my guests, too, the same way a uh, ring announcer would for a uh, wrestling match. So, And, of course, this being main event, we had to bring you on for main event week. So when you chose the, the date that you wanted, I was like, oh, he's slick. He, he wants to go. He wants main event week because each week I do it based on, like, match booking rankings. You got opener, rookie, mid-card, main event. And most people remember the opening in the main event. So we appreciate you being on the main event week of Bash at the Beach. So that being said, Pipe 720, can't wait to bring you back on the show. Hopefully we can bring you back on Thirsty Thunder Tuesday or Dudes Night In, have you do a random five episode with us because those are the most fun because it's random five. of You don't know what you're going to get, but you already know the topic. But that's what makes it unique. You know, and then hopefully you can show up on one of our highlight uh, episodes where we highlight different pro wrestling matches. So we we definitely appreciate you for that. 
And also, this episode, once it ends, we're going to make sure it's uploaded on all major podcastings to where by the time you wake up tomorrow morning, get your cup of coffee, get your breakfast ready, you'll be able to listen to this episode on all major podcast platforms. So, that being said, Pipe720, I appreciate you. We hope to see you soon. Everyone out there, thank you for watching. And as always, we're going to go ahead and close out the show with my final words to you all. Don't forget to enjoy yourself here on Mike World Order. Music.